Hey everybody, welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. This is the place you get to hear extraordinary stories shared by ordinary people about how God has nudged them to either do something or not do something in their lives and what happened because of it. My name is Corey Freeman and I'll be your host. Each episode is another person's amazing story and I'm just glad you're here. Let's get started. Okay, today we're here with Ryan Volkmer, and uh, Ryan Volkmer has been connected to me and my family for quite a while. I went to school actually with his aunt, graduated with her and his mom, and also we're friends. We've been through friends through the Chamber of Commerce in our local community for a long time. And as you can see from his shirt, it's um, Modern Woodman is his company, and. Uh, uh, what, what it's a financial? How would you describe mo- modern woodman? First of all, <laughs> sure. Uh, modern woodman is actually a not-for-profit financial planning company. Uh, we help everyone with their personal finances, businesses with their finances, and then we also have a big emphasis on getting involved with the community. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. It actually has such a community connection of helping and everything like that. So I asked Ryan to be on here today because he was sharing um, a really, it's just like so interesting to see all the nudges. Ryan, I, I is so cool because I said, I'm going to be blessed more than anybody because I get to hear all the stories firsthand. <laughs> but a lot of times I know a little bit and then more is shared during the interview. So it's, it's, it's really great to have you. And um, I just wanted to start off with, I, I just like to ask everybody off the bat, at what point in your life um, did your faith become more real to you? Or did you get introduced to faith and Christianity? And how did that come about? Sure, sure. So I born and raised in the church. Uh, it's always been a part of my life. Um, unfortunately, with a lot of people that go, that are raised that way, it was just, for the longest time, it was just another thing. You know, it's just another thing that we did. We went to church, we prayed before meals. So I never really took it as important as as I should have. Um, and so I've always kind of gone up and down, up and down throughout my life. And kind of ironically, when I was in my 20s, I wound up going to a small Christian school. And that actually pushed me further away uh, from mm-hmm. my faith for many reasons. Um, to keep it short... Uh, you don't have to keep it that short. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I just, um, you know, I, truth be told, I, I was there to play baseball. And, um, you know, I figured, hey, maybe this could be a good chance to help grow in my faith. But it actually did the complete opposite. Um, one of the first experiences I had was the idea of mandatory chapels. Uh, that didn't really jive with me. Um, I, I view your faith as something that you work on yourself, that nothing should be forced. So I hated that idea. And so naturally, me and the other baseball players, we just figured out every way to get out of mandatory. <laughs> um, and we were pretty good at it. And uh, <laughs> On a regular basis, probably. On a regular basis. Twice a week. Twice a week. <laughs> and um, I, one of the early, other earliest examples, too, and I, I, everyone's shocked when they hear this story. This is about two weeks in to go into this school. And uh, I was meeting some of the baseball players in the cafeteria. got there a little early. Got my food. Um, started eating by myself and these two girls walked over and uh, they introduced themselves and they said, Hey, we noticed you were sitting by yourself. Can we join you? I said, yeah, sure. Of course. Um, 
So we, you know, exchanged names and, and just some small talk. And they said, so what brings you here? And I said, I'm a baseball player. I, I kid you not. They picked up their trays and walked away. <gasps> and that, and that was it. Like they, <laughs> you know, it was, it was so strange, but that's the perfect example of, of kind of the experiences I had going to that school, you know, hypocritical teachers, you know, it just seemed incredibly junior high-ish. It was just a very weird experience and it did nothing to actually draw me closer. It just pushed me away. Where it really got real and, and almost scary for me was uh, getting involved in human trafficking, which obviously we'll talk about a little bit more. I was at a Bible study and I had heard the pastor talk about uh, Matthew seven twenty one through 23. And I'm sure I'd heard this many times throughout my life, but this was the first time that I actually listened to it. And when I heard the words, I never knew you, it, it terrified me. It, mm-hmm. it, it felt like a horse had kicked me in the stomach. And so that was the first time I'd probably ever listened and really heard you know, those verses. And it freaked me out a little bit. And I said, I should probably take this a little more seriously. What is the, um, do you have the full verse right there for anybody or if you can say it again, if you do. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. actually, <laughs> I actually looked it up before. So I knew oh, I got good. the verse right. <laughs> oh, good. Good. So it's, it's Matthew seven twenty one through 23. This is the King James version. It says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth thy will of my father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wow. Um, so that was the one that really hit you. Now, how old are you at this point when you're hearing this from the pastor and you're like, whoa, that was probably 20. 27, 28, okay. about. And uh, like I said, I'm sure I've heard it before in the past, but it never hit me like that. Wow. Wow. So at what point after you heard that, did you start like recommitting yourself to your faith or did you get start getting stronger in your faith? Did it take a while? I did. Um, it did. It started definitely becoming stronger. And the reason that I can attribute to that is we had a, such a solid group of just good Christian men uh, that I think is so important to, to be able to surround yourself with and um, was making really, really good strides. And um, unfortunately, the group started to fall apart. Um, and so again, kind of started to backslide a little bit. And then more recently, um, I uh, started going to Sandals and have a really, really awesome community group of uh, a good core group of my friends, some that I've known for 10 to 20 years. So we can really sit down and be very, very open and real with each other. So, um, so we're back on the, back on the upswing. Good. Good. And so on the, when you, when this was happening and you were starting to, is I never know really the whole story of the nudge. And some people, it's funny because we start getting into the nudge that we went, you know, we had talked about, but then it was like, well, actually that was a nudge too. And well, that one was a nudge too. And it ends up being this like all, you know, you know, just like, I like to say, you know, just setting the whole table. 
So what was the first, like, um, you know, what would you, as far as the nudge you'd like to share about or more than one, where would you say, like, how many years ago did this happen and, and, and sort of what happened? Sure. Um, so the first nudge, and again, I probably didn't even realize it was a nudge at the time, um, was again, in my mid twenties, I was, uh, going through a master's program. Um, and I was, I don't want to say that I was lost, but I was really searching for some direction and some purpose. Uh, at the time I was picking up a lot of contract work with, um, with an energy drink company, uh, did a ton of fun stuff, you know, made decent money. I was having a good time, but there was, there was no purpose behind it. And so, um, that's what I was looking for and what to get involved with. And when I was going through this program, uh, I was tasked to write a research paper on some kind of international issue. And so I did what everyone does. I jumped on, on Google and, and typed in international issue. And so, you know, I saw some typical things like uh, drug trafficking. I saw immigration, things like that, but nothing was really catching my eye. And then I landed on human trafficking. And when I saw that, I, said, I don't, don't know anything about that. And so that's what I decided to write that paper on. And that's kind of what really started this entire thing uh, was writing that paper. And the more and more I researched and wrote, uh, the more it really started to tug at me. And um, so that's really how this whole thing started was, was just by writing a paper. Mm. And then so was this part of... So this was part of your master's program? It was. It was. Okay. This was a master's degree in national security. Uh, which I am not using, but uh, that's kind of what how that got brought up. So we had to had to research on an international issue. Well, I love you know what one person I know. Um, she always says, "No one can take your education away from you." So it's something you'll always have. So you never know. Well, even if you don't use the actual degree, you might use some. I'm sure you use stuff that you learned in that degree all the time. And Absolutely. one of the things, uh, the very first thing I heard about sexual trafficking, which I was like. Or, you know, human trafficking was, um, I found out at one point when I first heard about it, they said, and I'm picturing, oh, it's something over in other countries. And then I found out like Phoenix at the time was number one, the number one city, like in the whole world for uh, trafficking human beings. And I was like blown away. So that was my first introduction. So it was probably around the same time you were doing this paper because that was a few years ago. And, uh, so you start to write the paper, and then what? Um, about halfway through, I had a good friend of mine reach out and ask me to come to this dinner he was throwing. He was hosting a speaker that was actually speaking about human trafficking and the nonprofit he represented. And I don't believe in coincidence. So I, I said, well, I have to be there. And so I wound up going, um, got to hear him give his presentation, and I was blown away by what they were doing. and. Um, they basically were running a long-term care facility for victims of human trafficking and uh, talked to them a little bit afterwards. And, uh, you know, again, I, I just another nudge in that direction. But um, when I went home that night, I said, when I have some more time, I, I want to get more involved in this. And a couple months later, my schedule started to free up. So I actually reached out to this organization and volunteered my services. And that's how I started getting connected in that world. Um, And that led to uh, just go into some informational uh, 
booth events with them, talking about the nonprofit, and uh, which was cool for for a couple of times. And I think awareness is important, but awareness without action is is doesn't really do anyone any good. Mm-hmm. And so, would did they? They so at first you were just sort of helping out, like going out to things like that, and then you wanted to become more actively involved. And and it is the Bible verse that just popped in my mind is you know it's believing, and then you have to do something with that belief. You have to follow, right? So the action part of it, it makes sense that you'd want to do more. And so what kinds of things were they doing as far as the trafficking? Were they running the long term? Were they rescuing? What what were they doing? Their their part in in that world was just... It's not long-term care in the sense that some people think of long-term care. This was a facility that uh, these young women could go spend years if oh, needed. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was very cool. Uh, beautiful, beautiful facility. Uh, they could finish their schooling. Um, they had all kinds of resources that they that they had access to, um, but primarily it was to finish their schooling to heal, and then basically reintegrate them back out so that they could they could go back on their own. So there was there was girls that would stay there for years if they had to. Wow. And then when you decided to go be more active, were they allowing you to then go check out the facility? And then were you part of any of the rescuing part of it? So that that fun stuff actually came later after this particular nonprofit. Um, What happened was after a couple of those informational events, again, I just I felt good about it, but I, I knew I could be doing more. So I approached them and I said, what if I do a fundraiser event for you guys, you know, and so I started picking my brain. And a cousin of mine runs a training facility out in Temecula. And so that led to doing an actual CrossFit type competition um, that we threw together. It was a ton of fun. Uh, We raised some good money that day. And uh, that led to me speaking with the CEO to say, Hey, if you guys would have me, I'd love to start working for you guys. And so through that, I kind of got to create my own position. And that led to working with them for about about a little over a year. Uh, did several events throughout that time and, and had a lot of fun. But again, I got to a point where I just didn't feel like I was doing enough um, with what I felt capable of doing. And so that at that time, uh, I met a good friend of mine who was also involved in that organization. I told her kind of my kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and she ended up li- linking me up with another nonprofit that was actually doing the things that I wanted to get involved with. And they were the people that were actually going out and doing the rescues. But you know, sometimes what I found too is like God, once again, is, is, is time. It's his timing is not our timing sometimes. And so, you know, he first has, he whets your appetite with a little bit of something. And then he, then you get hungrier for more and hungrier for more. And, and then he leads you into where you're really, where you already have that foundation. Do you find that was the case with this? I would definitely say so. Um, every time I took that next step and felt like, okay, this is a good step. This is where I need to be. It would go on for a while and it just wasn't enough. Um, you know, and like I shared earlier, it was just, I was really trying to find that purpose and I always felt like I could just do more. Um, and it, it, <laughs> it did progress. And I, I got to the point where I felt that way when I got involved with this other organization. 
So the final, the, the more recent one that was really what you wanted to be doing was that that's the one that was more of the rescuing and things like that. Now, when yeah. you go in, do, how, what do they, tra- did they train you? Like, do they train you beforehand or do they just say, Hey, you're going to, you know, get into some gear and protective, you know, I mean, I'm assuming they're sometimes like sort of dangerous situations as far as, you know, breaking down doors and arresting people at the same time. And there was, um, at the beginning, I was, I was kind of terrified to go meet these guys, you know, and from the conversations I had with the friend that connected us, um, you know, these were all, you know, combat vets. These were all people that have seen war. Um, all, some of them had law enforcement experience, um, you know, real heroes. And here I am just, <laughs> I have a college degree, uh, no <laughs> law enforcement, no, you know, never in the military. And, um, you know, so as soon as I walk in and start introducing her and all that, uh, the head guy looks at me and says, what's your testimony? Oh, and I wow. was like, I was kind of like, Oh crap. Like, um, up until that point, no one had really asked me that directly. Wow. And uh, I was like, Oh my gosh. And I got to figure this out on the fly. And, and, uh, it wound up being a really good conversation. And, um, you know, it took about a month of getting to know them and, and kind of, you know, earning their trust, uh, for me to finally go out on my first field operation with them. And, you know, as you can imagine, they're not exactly just open to letting anyone join them, uh, in these kinds of things. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. And there was a couple pretty scary times. Um, but ultimately it was, it was a ton of fun and a lot of good work. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of times where I questioned the doubt of myself, like, why am I even here? You know, I'm working with guys that have, you Way know, more. Yeah. all this experience and expertise that, that, that I don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that there was something that if you would have asked him at any particular time, like if somebody had come in afterwards and said, what does Ryan add to the team? I'm sure that there's some aspect of it that they felt you were either, you know, better equipped or just as equipped to be there just like them. If nothing else, just to be another, you know, hands and feet to help. Sure, sure. I got, to, I got to, uh, I got to be our drone pilot, which was pretty cool. Oh, um, cool. So I got to be the guy flying our drones and putting surveillance on different places, and so that was oh. pretty fun. Uh, okay. I also did a and lot. And then I, I almost, I almost, I almost want to ask about the nickname, but I don't know if. We <laughs> 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 Do you want Smash? to share that? Yeah, I think it's sort of a fun story. <laughs> we don't have yeah. to cut this part out if you want. <laughs> no, I'd love, to, I'd love to share. It's, it's okay. someone was actually in my office the other day and they asked about it. And I said, that's a story for another time. <laughs> well, here they go. They'll have to listen to the podcast to hear the story. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so my, Note to so self, my, uh, never say yes to a podcast with somebody you already know. Right? Yeah, that knows those things about me. Um, so my nickname of the group was Smash. And how that ultimately got solidified was we were picking up a a uh a desk donation uh for the for the headquarters of this nonprofit. And the only way to fit this desk in the back of my truck was to stand it upright. Uh not not long ways sticking out the back, it was upright, which is looking back at it now was probably pretty stupid of us, but um so we threw it in the truck and me and another guy were, were driving back to the headquarters, just 
just talking, not really paying attention. And the way that this place was structured, it shoots off of a, um, a main street. You kind of go down a little hill and you actually go under one of the rooms to get to where you park. And again, we weren't paying attention. And so as we went under the room, the desk hit the, hit the wall. It, it picked the desk up and it actually <laughs> smashed out my back window of my truck and destroyed the desk. And so that's, that, that is how I earned the nickname. I smashed the desk. I smashed my window. Um, and this was only like after being there for like three months. So oh, yeah. I'm so, so much out. for that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, it's been trust. fun, guys. Yeah, I'm never going to get asked to come back. And uh, they were very mm-hmm. cool about it. And uh, so that that's that's how I earned that or earned yeah. that nickname. But what I love about it is is like if you were just to be with the group of guys that go in and uh, rescue um, these these poor people that are in this situation, if you were to say, you know, oh, this is you know you know whatever nickname Rambo or whatever they have for him. And then if they said, Oh, this is smash, you'd be thinking, Oh, he smashes in the doors. He smashes heads together, you know, or whatever smashes, whatever. And so it's, I, I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's perfect. <laughs> so all of this, when you were, you know, you were younger and it sounds like it was almost like a struggle as far as your faith. You know, you know, some people say, you know, you're working out your faith. And so when you were struggling with wanting to have purpose, did these, these, you know, how it happened as as far as a progression, did it help you feel like, you know, you did have that purpose and you were where you needed to be? At the time it did. Um, you know, when I was working with them and going out into the field, um, that was the closest I've ever been to truly feeling that sense of purpose at the time. And, you know, we got to do so many cool things. I mean, I get phone calls at, you know, three o'clock in the morning, Hey, get your go bag. It's time to leave. And I take off in the middle of the night and go use someone for a couple hours. I mean, I spent a, you know, weeks in Vegas, um, all throughout Southern California. And, uh, it was a ton of fun. Um, unfortunately all the purpose in the world, but there was no paycheck. So Uh, you can only sustain that for so long. Um, so one of the main reasons of, of kind of getting out of that world was, um, you know, I had gotten engaged, uh, we were looking at buying a house. So I had to support my family somehow and I can't do that with no paycheck. Uh, so that's, was right around the time where I met my now managing partner and led to me working with Woodman. Yeah. But you're a different person because you've had that experience too. Absolutely. It, it, it's especially in that world. It's, it's one thing to research it, learn about it, know about it, but to really see it. I mean, that's, (laughs) That's a big difference between a lot of the people that are in this in the, in that fight um, that I got to see, and it's definitely opened my eyes to some of the realities of of this world. Um, but it also gave me a big a big leg up actually in my business because I work with a lot of nonprofits, so I mm-hmm. got a lot of firsthand experience on how they work, how they operate financially on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very eye-opening just to see the nonprofit world itself. And it's not 
what everyone thinks it is. It's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. It's yeah. It's even more difficult in the business world, I think. Yeah. And it's what's really good is that you're able to now help nonprofits in that way because you've seen the other side and you're, you know, and also it's like probably motivating because then when you do want to give back, you know, with, you know, anything that you have to donate or things like that, you probably pick organizations that you know for sure are doing something worthwhile to donate to. Um, and then I always like to ask people, how did this experience of getting that nudge to call that guy and then this ha- led to other things? Like, how has that experience either changed you or changed your perspective or just, you know, any kind of what did it what did it do for you and your faith, maybe, or just you and your life? I think it definitely. And again, I didn't realize all of that at the time, but you know, now looking back at it, you know, when when you do get that that feeling, listen, you know, because it led to one of probably one of the most fun um, and just crazy times in my life. Um, so you know, when those times do come, just to just to listen to be open about it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of how I've been doing life, you know, another story for another time, probably, but I never wanted to be in this world as a financial advisor. Nothing I ever wanted to do, but I was open to the opportunity. And now it's been almost three and a half, four years. And I, you know, love what I do. Fall into it. Now, when you said, you you know, like, if you feel the nudge, listen to it, it's, it's, and it's, I like to ask that question too, because, you know, a lot of times we're saying, listen, and you don't really hear it, but you feel it and you know it, but you, a lot of us say, listen. And also in the Bible, it says the Holy Spirit said, you know, so, um, how would you describe that when you are, you know, hearing God or, or, or you're feeling that nudge? Mm -hmm. What, is there any way you can, I like to hear people's description if they were having to describe that feeling. Sure. So, in those years when I was in that when I was in that world, um, I couldn't turn it off. Um, just from writing the paper, you know, I was learning a ton about something new, and I, I had to learn more. I had to learn more. You know, when I heard the guy speak, I had to get involved. Um, you know, when I was handing out information, I had to do more. It, it was not ever something that I felt satisfied with. I knew I was doing a lot of good, and I knew that I was doing the right thing, but it, it, I was just never satisfied. And so it was really just something that a lot of nights kept me awake saying, what, what, what more can I do to get in this fight to help people that are, that are victims of this? Um, I mean, that's what it felt like. There was nights I couldn't sleep. Mm. I mean, and I, and I couldn't stop talking about it. I mean, ask anyone in my family and my, <laughs> my now wife, you know, there's plenty of times you're like, all right, Ryan, we get it. You love what you're doing. You don't have to talk about it all the time. So it was and you're very... like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because no one else is. No. Um, it was very, very consuming. That was that's probably a good way to to describe it. You know, even when I was doing other things, I could not get the human trafficking stuff out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I would just blow through class. I would blow through my work so that I could, you know, go hang out with these guys and and you know, get more involved with that. That's so good. Well, I'm really glad. I'm really glad you shared this today. I'm really glad. Um, 
I, if I, if we missed anything that you wanted to share, but, um, I, I, you did such a great job of describing everything that, um, you know, you went through. And I think it is important that we, you know, address the times when there are people raised in the church that, you know, if people think, oh, you're raised in the church, then you've just always been a strong Christian. And it's a lot of times, as you know, especially once kids go to college, they um, sometimes fall away from church and church family and church relationships, church friendships. Um, and it is, it's, it's a very big struggle. Um, and there's a lot of things to out there to, you know, you know, to, to go in and, uh, throw, uh, arrows and stones and things, wrenches into the gears and, you know, trying to, cause once a weakness is found, boy, you can feel it happening sometimes. But I think it's important that we, we're very real and honest and open and transparent. I really appreciate that about, you know, what you're sharing. Cause you're not, you know, Oh, it's all roses and butterflies and stuff. So, um, I appreciate no. that. I really yeah. appreciate it. But, um, I was just going to say to everybody, if you can, uh, today, just feel free to share this podcast with anybody, you know, or rate review, um, subscribe. We would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to join the Facebook group, it's just don't ignore the nudge. And it's a private Facebook group. And that's where you get to see the audio and visual. And so uh, it adds a lot more to the listening experience when you can see the person that's talking, I think. So, but um, with that, I think we'll sign off for now until next time. Um, God bless you and keep you. And we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.